welcome to the Coventry Vineyard Podcast. Wherever and whenever you're listening, we hope you're blessed by this message. If you want to find out more about our church or speak with someone about Jesus, head to coventryvineyard.org. Okay, good morning. Now today is uh, one of our Vision Sundays and we do this trendless every um, uh, twice a year really. So the next one's going to be in October. And um, today uh, is really going to be setting some of the foundational values of what it means to be part of Coventry Vineyard. I'm going to be talking about vision and mission. Now, for some of you, you're going to want some kind of clear next steps, a real kind of roadmap. And we're going to be meeting with our key leaders in June to talk through those kind of key objectives and goals, and then coming back in October with kind of this is the master plan for the next uh, six months to a year and beyond. So today is Vision Sunday. Now, Coventry Vineyard started when Vicky and I rocked up to Coventry way back one May evening in 1997, uh, those heavy days of uh, pre-millennial. I don't know if anybody in our church now was around before then, but some of you were. And we thought that Coventry might just be the sort of place where we could start a church and also start a family. Uh, We were committed to following Jesus, we still are, uh, but committed to following Jesus wherever he was sending us. And he sent us to Coventry. And Jesus continues to send us and those of us who are part of Coventry Vineyard to our neighbours and our neighbourhoods. Now, over the years, he has blessed Vicky and I with both a biological family, but also a spiritual church family. And church is essentially a family. Uh, Church is not just a building. It's not just an event on Sunday morning. It's It's a movement. It's a family going out into our communities. And throughout our time as Coventry Vineyard, he's gathered people who are committed to a shared vision. It's not just our vision. It's a vision that we all are a part of. And also a set of shared family values. Now, we describe these shared family values as encourage, equip, express. We've already talked about that a little bit with the kids and youth just a moment ago. And we want to encourage people to worship God in everyday life. It's really to love God, to be formed as we worship, to be changed in God's presence. And the retreat that's coming up in June is a part of that. But we also want to equip people. And over the years, we've equipped hundreds of people to be going out, living as followers of Jesus, uh, to make disciples. And then we also want to express love, and we express love in practical ways. Uh, We demonstrate love for our neighbours. And so as you've heard, just things like Grow Kids, but then also things like uh, CAP, which is Christians Against Poverty, and uh, organisations or groups like Creative Kindness is all about expressing love to those in need. And we're going to unpack the first of these three values uh, next Sunday when we come together as, uh, for our Neighbourhood Sunday. And then over the next three Neighbourhood Sundays, we're going to be talking about those different values. But today, what is our vision and mission as a church? And several years ago, we kind of wanted to really kind of focus on this. And we decided that 
in, in our groups, in consultation, we decided that we wanted to be one church of disciple-making disciples in multiple locations. I want to talk a little bit about that uh, today. So today's our Vision Sunday, um, and we are going to be meeting later on to talk through a bit, bit, a bit more about this uh, with our key leaders. But this last year has been so, so challenging for so many of us. Our church family have had to navigate the complexity and the challenge of COVID. But also our neighbours have had to uh, navigate this as well. And our neighbours are hurting. Our neighbours are grieving. Our neighbours are navigating how they do life as the world has changed around them. And at times we have all felt harassed and helpless. So in all of this, how does Jesus bring hope and healing and peace and the transforming power of the kingdom into the world around us? Well, it happens through his disciples. And that is why we intentionally focus all that we do on being disciples and making disciples who then go and make disciples. So the mission of our church is simply to make disciples of Jesus who are equipped to also make disciples. So that kind of leads to the question of what is a disciple? How would you know if if you met one, what are they like, what do they do? Well, a disciple is someone really who is intentionally following Jesus, becoming like Jesus and living like Jesus in community with others on mission. It's someone who is learning the way of Jesus in their own time and place. One author, uh, Neil Hudson, in his book, Scattered and Gathered, says, disciples are formed in our everyday places where we live out our everyday responsibilities. It's not just on a Sunday morning. It's your, those everyday places that you find yourself in, in with your everyday responsibilities. So if you said yes to following Jesus, then you are a disciple. You are someone who is in the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. So a disciple is really an active, intentional learner. A disciple is an apprentice. But disciples have also been sent on mission. That's what we're going to look at today. That we are disciples on mission. And we're going to be using Matthew 10 as really kind of a a foundation for what I want to talk about today on this Vision Sunday. So if you've got a Bible, you might want to turn to Matthew 10, and we'll be in verse 1. So this follows on from Matthew 9, and John spoke about this last week, and we'll come back to that in a little, little while. But Matthew 10, verse 1, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority. And this is like a summons. They are drafted. They're enlisted to go into battle. So if you remember last week, John spoke from Matthew 9 on how Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Then Matthew writes that he healed every kind of disease and illness. And then turning to his disciples, he instructed them to pray for workers. And now he calls them to do the work that he has been doing. He's given them a vision of the kingdom, and then he's invited them 
to follow him, and now he sends them out on mission. He gathers them and he sends them out with authority. And the whole of Matthew chapter 8 and 9 has all been about Jesus' authority. And now he turns to them and says, you're up. It's your turn. You think, well, their turn to do what? It's their turn to do the work of the kingdom. To, as, Jesus, as Matthew writes here, to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Disciples are called to continue the mission of Jesus. And we looked at how to pray for healing just the other week. But all followers of Jesus have been given authority to heal the sick. And it started with a small group of 12 people. So Matthew goes on to talk about these, these 12 people. So if, if you read on, it says, here are the names of the 12 apostles. First Simon, also called Peter, then Andrew, Peter's brother, James, son of Zebedee, John, James's brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and then Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. And so Jesus gathers a community and gives them a mission. This group essentially become like the family of Jesus. Later in Matthew 12, Jesus says, anyone who does the will of my father is my brother and sister. And then throughout the whole of the New Testament, the church is described as family, as brothers and sisters. I don't know about you, but you didn't choose your brothers and sisters in your biological family. And in a church family, we don't really get to choose who we're in church with. They do have to choose to get on with it and work together as disciples on mission. But we've been welcomed into God's family. And Jesus brings very different people together and gives them a purpose. Some of these men were actual brothers, but some became like brothers out on the road doing the work of the kingdom. Two of these disciples have kind of descriptions after their name. That's Matthew, the tax collector, and Simon, the zealot. These were very, very different people. They didn't choose each other, but Jesus says, you've got a job, you've got a mission, now get on with it. They were bound to one another with a common relationship. They didn't choose each other, yet they were brought together with a common vision and shared values. And then it says in verse five, it says, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. And this might seem a bit odd. It says, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. There's a, a strategy to the mission that Jesus gives the disciples. See, being sent out is an essential part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's not just simply to come and experience church on a Sunday. It's, it's to go out into our communities, out into our neighborhoods. It's to live life in allegiance to the king and his kingdom. And so Jesus' followers went out in groups. They had a shared mission. They went out together. They relied upon and encouraged each other. They were essentially a team with, with these shared values and a shared mission. And what they were doing is they were proclaiming and demonstrating 
the reality of the future kingdom of God, which was breaking into the present reality of a broken world, a, where, a world where people were harassed and helpless. And so through words and through compassion and through supernatural healing, they were bringing the reality of the kingdom into the lives of those around them. And the mission that Jesus gave them at this stage is incredibly strategic. He's saying, go to these people, go to this neighborhood first. Focus your resources and your efforts with these people in this season. And that's some of what we've been doing over the last sort of two years. We wanted to uh, kind of reshape church with our neighborhood groups so that we're focusing of you know, reaching the people around us in this particular season. We'll come back to that in a bit. Then in verse seven, he says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. And so that's giving not reluctantly, but with generosity. They were giving away, out of what they'd received, they were then giving that away. The, the message version says this, says, go to the lost, go to the confused people right here in the neighborhood, tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out the demons. You've been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you've been, uh, you, you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. So as we equip this church to live life as followers of Jesus, what does that look like? What does that look like with uh, disciples being on mission? How do we make disciples? Well, the thing about being a disciple is it's never simply a matter of acquiring more and more knowledge. Being a disciple is always a matter of obedience. It's obeying Jesus' command. Now, Jesus' miracles and acts of compassion demonstrated the reality of the kingdom, and his teachings showed what living in the kingdom looked like. And his life was really an example of obedience to God through the power of the Spirit. And then Jesus' model for equipping others was essentially apprenticeship. The 12 lived with him, they watched him, they listened to him, they were given assignments by him, and then given further assignments once they completed those. It was incredibly intentional about how Jesus made disciples. So what about us? How do we make disciples? Well, we've intentionally created four main spaces of making disciples, four main areas where we encourage worship, equip people, and express love. And we have our Sunday morning gathering, we have neighborhood groups, we have life groups, and we have journey groups. And over the last two years, we've kind of introduced uh, the neighborhood groups and the journey groups to what we already had just to uh, be more intentional about making disciples. Just want to talk about each one of those briefly. So our Sunday morning gathering has had to change as we've sought to protect the most vulnerable in our communities. But really church was never just about Sunday mornings. Our gatherings are a place where we make disciples, where we make space 
for people to meet Jesus and be changed. And we're doing all that we can to try and work out how do we safely and intentionally bring church back to be coming back uh, for a Sunday morning gathering. And so we'll have some more news on that over the next weeks, um, just after the end of June. Uh, so look on the newsletter. Uh, we'll be emailing about what the next steps are. And then secondly, our, our neighborhood groups. And so since 2018, we've set apart the first Sunday of each month for us to take the initiative and essentially take the walls off the church and to go and take the hope and power of God's kingdom to our neighbors and our neighborhoods, to love our neighbors and transform whole neighborhoods. So the first end of the month is our neighborhood Sunday. That's going to be next week. And it's it's a way of moving out of the church, putting what we've learned into practice, demonstrating the power and the beauty of the kingdom. Then thirdly, life groups. This is where we do life together. It's where we can be in community with one another, uh, both encouraging and equipping one another to be disciples. And these groups are not just for those in Coventry Vineyard, but they're also places to do life with us, to invite people into those groups, to equip one another to live life. And then finally, uh, journey groups. And journey groups are really smaller, more uh, intimate, more accountable, more flexible spaces to be obedient to Jesus. It's where we read the Bible, it's where we listen to the Holy Spirit and then put into practice what we've learned. It's about sharing with others and serving others. And one of the things that we found really helpful just recently is um, something that we're going to be, uh, we've been doing it over the last uh, seven or so weeks, and we're going to do it again in October, is this Habits of a Multiplying Disciple training. Um, and you can sign up for that. There's uh, some information about that that will be coming up on the, the notice sheet. Um, but do email me, nick at coventryvineyard.org.uk, if you want to know more about that. And the reason why we found this really helpful is this training takes the, the, the heart of God, the compassion of God, and then gives some seven clear habits of how we make multiplying disciples. And what we'd like to do is to see everybody who's part of Coventry Vineyard experience some of this training. It's some of the best stuff that we've found. And the reason why we think it's so good is it goes back to the Gospels and it looks at how Jesus made disciples and puts these seven key habits really clearly and really practically. So it's compassion, and then praying, and then engaging, then uh, finding persons of peace, which is what uh, Jesus goes on to say later in Matthew 10, and then discovering, assembling, and multiplying. So we'll talk about that over the next few weeks. But to kind of start to bring this into land, see, mission is always about the king and his kingdom. You see, the kingdom of God has arrived in the person of Jesus. It's Jesus-shaped, which really leads us to, to five questions. And these are the questions I want to leave with you today. And I've added another one just this morning. So it's actually six questions. First of all, do we see? See, Jesus saw the crowds. They were harassed and helpless. He saw the need and he, the motivation for mission always comes from seeing the extent of the need. 
what are the needs of your neighborhood? What are the needs of your neighbors? Do you see them? So we've been encouraging everyone in Coventry Vineyard to be prayer walking, to be walking around your neighborhood and seeing where there's a need. In your conversations with people, to asking really good questions, saying, what are the needs of this community? Uh, and then secondly, do we care? So do we see? Secondly, do we care? So Jesus had compassion. He cared about the people that he saw and that moved him into action. He did something about the needs of others. And we've just loved seeing how things like uh, Grow Kids and Creative Kindness and all the other different things that uh, just people, it hasn't been led from Vicky and myself, it's other people within Coventry Vineyard seeing a need and saying, I care enough to do something about it. And we want to see that multiplied and increased. That doesn't have to be reliant on kind of the central leadership to be doing everything and encouraging people to come around, that people can see a need and go, I want to do that, I see that, and I want to care about it enough to actually make a difference. And then church to get around that and saying, yes, we're gonna encourage you however we can uh, in what God's called you to do. Then thirdly, do we pray? You see, Jesus prayed, he prayed a lot. And the thing about this is we are not really responsible for the work and growth of the kingdom. We pray to the Lord of the harvest. He is the one that's responsible. He's the one who invites us to cooperate with him in praying and in going, to say, here I am, send me. And what I've added this morning is just, do we give? Are we giving to the work of the kingdom through this church? Are we generous with what we've been given? Then following on for that, do we receive? See, the disciples were equipped. They received training. And the thing is, we are equipped as we go. See, back in 1997, as we landed in Coventry, we weren't really equipped to lead a church. But as we started uh, gathering a group of people, we became more and more equipped. It's like starting a, a family. When you have a little baby and they let you go home with this little screaming, puking, pooing thing, and you think, I'm not equipped to deal with this. But as you love that child, and as you adjust to life with this third or fourth or whatever person in your life, you become more and more equipped. And so this is on the job training. So as you look at your neighbors and see the need, don't just sit back and wait for somebody else to do something. Step into where there's a need. You've been given so, so much. There's so many gifts and talents and strengths we have in this church. And we're to receive in order to give. We go with whatever little we think we've received. See, the disciples also received authority and power to do the things that Jesus had been doing. And Jesus then gave his followers the power and authority of the Spirit to go and do all of those things. And that's what Pentecost is all about. The Spirit is given for mission. So receive the Holy Spirit. And then finally, do we go? Do we actually go? You see, the disciples were all witnesses, but the disciples were all incompetent learners but they went. They went with what they had. They went with what they'd seen and received. And Jesus tells them to go. So I want to encourage you as Coventry Vineyard to go. 
Go proclaim the kingdom. Go to the sick and the diseased. Go and heal the sick. Go to the dying. Go and raise the dead. Go to the despised and the hurting. Go to where there is need. Go and show compassion and love. Go and cast out demons. Go and make disciples. And as you go, do not be afraid because the Holy Spirit is with you and Jesus has given you authority. So one question I'd like to ask you, in this season, who are you going to? And this is a question we're going to have in the, um, in the Zoom rooms that are going to open up shortly. In this season, who are you going to? And then secondly, how will you join in the conversation that God is already having with those around you? This week, uh, I was out running and I just happened to not bump into, but somebody else was running with me. Uh, this, guy, this guy's name was Muhammad, and we got talking about fasting and Ramadan and Eid. And what I've been doing over the last, uh, especially over the last two or three weeks, is looking for those opportunities that God has sort of set me up and not discounting whenever I'm meeting somebody of what it means to um, have conversations with people that God is already having with them. And I really think that's, that's what evangelism is all about. It's about having conversations. It's joining in the conversation that God is already having with people. So if you are ready to uh, kind of stay with us and be part of this church where we're one church of disciple making disciples in these multiple locations, then we'd love to hear stories of you going and proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom. See, church is a family. And between now and September, we're going to be focusing as much as possible as we can of reconnecting as a church family. So what you're going to find is there's going to be lots of events going on which you can invite friends and neighbours and also you can just come back together as church family before we can then start focusing more on things like Sunday morning and other stuff. But what steps can you take to be family? So three questions in the Zoom room. In this season, who are you going to? How are you joining in the conversation that God is already having with those around you? And thirdly, how will you be family? So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to go straight to the Zoom. So Jesus, I just thank you so much for this church. I thank you how you've brought so many different people together to be a part of this church family. And Jesus, I pray that we would be obedient to you as we come together, but also as we go out into a world where people are, are harassed and helpless. Lord, that we would be people who proclaim and demonstrate your kingdom. And so I pray for each person that's watching this right now, each person in our church, that they would receive the Holy Spirit and that they would go in, ob in obedience to you, King Jesus, to be people of your kingdom. Amen. See you next week. Bless you.
Thanks for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you on a Sunday morning soon. Bless you and have a great week.